My dear catechumen, brothers and sisters in Christ, we're gathered here to celebrate the greatest liturgy of our church year, the mother of all vigils, according to the Roman Missal. And this is by far my favorite liturgy of the year, and I know it is for many others as well. One of the things that I love about the Easter vigil is the way in which the vigil involves our whole being in worship, body and soul. During the exaltet, we lifted up our hearts to the Lord. But this vigil isn't content with a mere spiritual engagement. We're here to celebrate the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we involve our bodies as well, invoking all of our senses. We smell the sweet incense and the sacred chrism. Our sense of touch is used as the priest lays hands on those to be confirmed and as we feel the newly blessed water from the baptismal font sprinkled upon us as we move through different gestures and postures. We taste the body and blood of Jesus Christ as we receive him under the accidents of bread and wine. Our choir Our lectors and our deacons have worked hard to glorify God through our sense of hearing. And I hope that everyone is using that sense of hearing now. And the visual images, especially the images of light and darkness, draw our sense of sight into worship this night. This last theme, that of light and darkness, is perhaps the most powerful theme in the Easter Vigil. This theme of light and darkness summarizes our theology and expresses our history and speaks to our present time as well. Our readings took us through a whirlwind tour of salvation history. We heard the story of creation, where God created the world and saw that it was good. But no sooner than he saw this did darkness enter into the creation as human beings disobeyed God. Yet God was determined not to let the physical world go the way of the fallen angels. So he made a covenant with Abraham and formed a people who would lead humanity back to God. And light gradually entered the world. This light intensified as he led his people out of slavery to Pharaoh and then gave them his law, outlining how they were to live their lives. Yet each time God shed his light on the world, it fell back into darkness through sin. So God himself entered into the human condition as the definitive light the light that would completely and fully overcome the darkness that had enveloped humanity. So powerful was this light that when all the evil forces of the world, lies, greed, betrayal, infidelity, violence, torture, and theft came out to meet him on Good Friday, none of these powers could overcome the light. Not even the power of death itself could overcome the power of the light. For after submitting to all these powers at once, Jesus Christ, the light from God, 
rose from the dead. His light had not been extinguished. It shone through the darkness caused by sin and death. This light was so powerful and so definitive that St. Paul, having seen this light, actually began to taunt death. Where, O death, is your sting? He asks. For Jesus, by rising from the dead, transformed death from a seemingly bitter end for sinful people into the instrument through which God would unite the world to himself. St. Paul tells us that if we are baptized into Christ's death, we will be given newness of life through his resurrection. Tonight at this Easter vigil, five people, Jessica, Justin, Amy, Brooke, and Nate, will receive that newness of life through baptism. They will receive the light of Christ, the light that can never be extinguished, the light that will continue to shine no matter what forces of darkness will come to meet it. Dear elect who are about to be baptized, and dear friends who have already been baptized, it's important that you remember the power of Christ's light. That power is seen in the events that we experienced over these past three days. During the past three days, we witnessed all the forces of darkness come out to meet this shining light. And while it appeared for a while that they had succeeded, that they had succeeded in extinguishing the light, their victory celebration was premature. The light was not extinguished. And I say this to you to strengthen you and to encourage you because I believe that all of us will face those same forces of darkness at some point. It's possible and perhaps even likely that Christ's church will face even more trials and persecution even in our own country. The forces that want to extinguish the light of Christ are many and they seem to be growing more and more powerful every day. And we can see this in our public discourse. We preach a gospel of life to a society whose discourse on abortion has gone from being a regrettable choice to a right. We preach a gospel that upholds the dignity of men and women as compliments, only to have it labeled as bigotry and hate speech. We proclaim that people should be free to practice their religion in every aspect of their lives. Yet in our nation, this freedom is under attack. In the state of Georgia, there are people lobbying against the exercise of religious freedom, preferring instead to impose society's values upon religions. Others reduce the freedom of religion to a mere freedom of worship, not recognizing that religion is not simply about worship, but a way of life. In the midst of such darkness, we must remember that these forces trying to extinguish the light of Christ will not succeed. You know, they may appear to have the upper hand. They may even place the light in a sealed tomb to prevent it from being seen as they did on Good Friday. But they are powerless 
to extinguish the light. The gospel, the good news that we proclaim, is that on Good Friday, the darkness did not overcome the light. And the light still shines bright today. The good news is that the darkness that seems to permeate our world cannot overcome the light of Christ entrusted to us at baptism. When Deacon Ed walked into this building carrying the light of Christ, we, like the women at the tomb, saw a man clothed in white robes announcing that he is risen, that the stone sealing the tomb has been rolled away, that the light of Christ shines forth in the darkness, and that the darkness does not overcome it. It is the light of Christ that our elect will receive at baptism. It's the same light that the rest of us received in our baptisms. It is the light of Christ's resurrection, and it cannot be overcome. Friends, this is the source of our joy and our mission. It's our greatest joy, for we know that we possess a light that no darkness, no scandal, no persecution, not even death itself can overcome. As a people who possess the light, we also have a mission to spread this light. The Paschal candle spread the light of the risen Christ to each of us as we entered into the church today. And that light overcame the darkness of this building. Having seen the power of this light, we are now charged to bring the light of the resurrection into the world to dispel the darkness of the world. This light that was spread is the good news that the world needs to hear. It's the kerygma, the truth that Jesus Christ is Lord, that he is the light for the whole human race, and that no darkness, not even the darkness of death, can overcome his life. Alleluia, alleluia.